Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, episode 60. So we decided to break out the live show again on YouTube. Give it a shot. It's Monday night, about 8 o'clock. You got Chet, Tyler, and Wade. How are y'all doing this weekend? Had an eventful weekend. Uh, Wade and I uh, attempted to go to a couple of games. uh, And, you know, the LSU Baton Rouge Regional. I feel like every year that I try and go to a regional, there's always weather delays. And what do we get again? Lightning delays, and as more times I've heard, oh, it's in an eight-mile radius, so we have to have a lightning <laughs> delay this weekend. Uh, but nonetheless, it was an eventful weekend. Always good to see Wade. Yeah, I mean, we tried, Tyler. We got about 11 innings of baseball in by my count, so uh, not a total wash, but we had intended to do the doubleheader on Saturday, as you all know. That would have given us 18 innings of baseball in the Baton Rouge Regional, but like Tyler said, it rains far too often here in June, so... Um, it was a little frustrating that they didn't move the game times around so that fans like us could catch a lot of the action, but, um, Hey, the Tigers, logistics. Got it done that's what matters. Logistics. <laughs> Chalk it up to logistics there, Wade. Uh, yeah. you know, the Saturday started off with a flat tire and I got a phone call from these two about <laughs> yeah, asking how to fix only it. Only compounded like, the issues, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, bad karma to start the day. And then the, so it was something like with the NCAA, because I think with LSU, like when they're just playing, it's like a five mile radius. But since this is put on by the NCAA, it's like a 10 or an eight, maybe. Um, which, you know, it's lightning over in Plaquemine, which, if anybody knows, is across the river, a good 15 minute drive from Baton Rouge. And they're like, oh, can't play, cancel the games, which is, you know, better safe than sorry. But uh, I was. And the lightning to- strikes the river all the time because it's, you know, a wide open current loving uh exactly so it would right. suck all the electricity out anyways we'd be safe. they got lightning yeah. rods for a reason i'm, hey, I'm an electrical engineer i know this stuff they're let's not just put it this way my buddy, that, the, the my, my buddy was water skiing all day on saturday and they didn't come off the water saturday or sunday for anything all yeah. right <laughs> it's it was i mean i was watching the interview with the wafb meteorologist and everybody was hating on him he was like look 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 guys i don't make the call i just say the weather all right and he was saying better safe than sorry because you don't want to have a story where someone got struck by lightning and got killed at a baseball game which yeah i mean holding a metal bat you know right exactly yeah you know that's the worst thing to be holding foul poles man they're like you're out there like that and you're like (laughs) are you ready for a little bit of a electrical engineering uh lesson there you got two large foul poles in this in this corners of the stadium that are metal they will attract lightning first. Lightning takes the, or electricity takes the path of least resistance. That right. is a good 150 feet up in the air. It's going to strike that first before it strikes a player with a metal bat. It should. That's the Unless theory. it's Jared Jones holding the bat in the air, because then it well, might be true. 30 true. feet tall. Or Hayden Travinsky, because <laughs> he's a giant. Uh, but nonetheless, they got their games in. LSU won. They're advancing to the Supers. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Some regionals still wrapping up. Bad weather all around the country, but... Bad weather didn't stop uh, the NBA playoffs or the NBA finals, that is, because they play inside of a dome on top of a mountain in Denver. So we got Denver in the heat. The heat came back and tied up 1-1 last night uh, on a – I thought it was going overtime. I was watching the end of this game. I don't know if y'all caught it. But uh, Denver had a huge lead, blew it. The heat come all the way back. They're up three with 10 seconds left. Jimmy Butler dribbles 
down the court. He's trying to kill time. Shot clock's going down, has to throw up a three, misses it. Jamal Murray takes it, runs down the court, hits a three. And it was one of those like clink, 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 and then it falls out and they win the game. So, Tyler, I don't know if you, you catch any of that game last night. Yeah, I, I catch uh, both games. Uh, I think uh, game number one, uh, you know, Denver's coach uh, said it in the press conference. You know, it was a win, uh, but Miami Heat outscored them. and They hit 30 points uh, in one quarter. Uh, so that was definitely a big win uh, for Denver. But I think that Miami getting game number two and now, this, you know, the series shifts back now to Miami. I think it's advantage Heat. If they can now take – both games in Miami get back where they were in the Celtics game where they were up uh, three to one, uh, you know, especially yep. against a, a veteran team with Nikola Jokic. So I might have to trust uh, Jimmy Buckets more. I picked the Nuggets uh, going to games. Uh, you picked the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. I also picked the Celtics <laughs> as well. So I don't know. I'm not going to pick. I don't know if I'm actually going to put down a pick in this one since I've just been dead wrong in the NBA playoffs. I've just trying to just been watching these games uh, with enjoyment, uh, but it's definitely been a fun series so far. Like I've said multiple times, I definitely love that it's the Heat and the Nuggets, two small market teams. We don't have to see, you know, the Warriors. We've seen them plenty of times. We've seen the Lakers plenty of times. Uh, so it's definitely fun to watch these two teams, uh, and we're definitely – Going to have some more games to come up. Uh, we got game three coming up, and I think that's definitely going to be huge because game three winners, if you win that one, 70% of the time you're going to win the series. So it's definitely going to be crucial. Okay, some analytics here. If, yep. you're, if you're trying to place a bet on a, on a winner, wait till, wait till you see who wins game three and then bet the opposite of whatever Tyler says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just fade awesome. me and then go with the analytics. Exactly. So it go, it's in Miami. Uh, I believe they play on Wednesday. Yep. Maybe thir- do they play Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, Wednesday. They get a, a day off and get travel. I think every t- every time it's been so they played on Saturday, then they had their rest day on Sunday, and then now mm. they're going to be playing. I might have that mixed up, but I know. Well, they started on Thursday. Yeah, they and then they took Friday off and played Saturday. So I don't know if in the finals it's like every, between each game is a guaranteed rest day. Oh, uh, which I imagine it is because now they have to travel from Denver to Miami. Uh, play games Not three and four. No, but they they all fly private, so it's yeah. okay. They'll charter a jet, and then nobody will be the wiser. Jokic won't even have to go through on their way back to South Beach, so it'll, it'll be a good flight. They won't even have to go through TSA, so they can smuggle their uh, Denver Nuggets, as you can call them, uh, out of Denver <laughs> and into Miami. But uh, game three and four in Miami, and then I think it goes five back in Denver. I don't, I don't, I always get kind of muddy on how that works yeah flip flop uh, starting game five so we'll go back to denver and then miami will host in six and then goes back to denver wow we go to seven. Seven. since they were the higher seed they get so it's not like the mlb i think the mlb works where you get all you get uh three two, four three, and two. five yeah whatever like that it's like a two three two here it right. goes two two and then it alternates yeah the higher mm-hmm. seed gets the four four home i guess games. that's fair like yeah. it's fair for like in terms of it's not as blocked off as the MLB one, but when you have two teams that are truly the definition of East and West, like we do here, it makes for a lot of travel uh, right. for those final three games. Yeah, especially it would make sense to play Miami five, then six, seven in Denver, but that's that it just is what it is. Um, we had some other NBA news. Suns hire Frank Vogel as their new head coach, stealing from the Lakers. Um, and then you got Monty Williams is hired by the Pistons. Uh, 76ers haven't named a new coach yet, have they? Or they hired, uh, uh yeah, they hired the, the uh, Toronto's coach. coach or Toronto's. That's right, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse. Yeah, I've, yeah, I missed that last week. Um, the other little interesting tidbit I saw before we started the show was Kyrie's trying to get the, the Mavs to trade for LeBron. Uh, what the Lakers said, they're not interested in anyone Dallas has. Uh, I'm trading LeBron James for Luka Doncic. If I'm Dallas, I'm trading Kyrie away for my team. Look what happened whenever you didn't have Kyrie on your team. Kyrie's also a free agent is what doesn't make any sense to me. So why is – I guess he's planning on – or maybe he's a free agent next year. Either way, I'm assuming he's planning on coming back to Dallas. Uh, But if I'm the Lakers, I'm saying, okay, LeBron, you know, best player right now. Obviously, he's got all he's, he's the veteran. He's got everything that comes with LeBron James. But if you got the chance, if the Mavs really want LeBron, 
hey, give me Luca, and you can have LeBron, and you can have Bronny next year when you go, you know, finish last place and draft them. I, if I'm the Lakers GM, I'm making that call, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know if that would even happen. I know uh, that uh, Luca is getting fed up uh, with the Mavericks, uh, especially with the move that Kyrie made because literally they were a playoff team without him, and then they brought him in and they didn't even make the play in. Uh, so I would yep, never yep. see that trade even happening. I think that LeBron's just going to stay on the Lakers and then he's going to play for a couple of seasons until his son gets here. His son is committed already at USC. He's going to play there one year with the Trojans and then he's probably going to be the number one overall pick and go to some team, you know, whether that's the Spurs, Pistons, who who knows who's going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, but I just don't really see that trade happening. I think that you're going to see LeBron stay with the Lakers until his sons get there. That's a good point. He does want to play with Bronny. Um, now, Wade, if, if you're Dallas, are you taking the trade if it's offered? Uh, not if I think I have a realis- realistic chance at extending Luka Doncic. I mean, he's like, what, 10 years younger, if not yeah. more. And he's kind of shown that he could win an MVP in this league. I don't know if he'll do that if the team doesn't have more success. But I think individually, he's one of the guys who gives you the rare ability in all the different statistical categories. So I wouldn't do it if it centered around him. Um, my other side to this is, do y'all think that the league will just kind of give LeBron James Jr. a pass on like the draft? Like it will kind of be like a thing where it's like, hey, don't draft him. Like he's just going to go to the Lakers because I mean, I heard you say he might go number one overall, but right now I just don't know if he's that top of a prospect. Like I think he's NBA material, but I don't. I don't necessarily think that he's like a game-changing prospect. Do you, so do you think the league just kind of lets him float to wherever LeBron is so that they can play together? That's an interesting point, but I think LeBron – If they can, want the script, then yeah, they will. I think, <laughs> Or does LeBron just sign with another team? I think that's more likely. That's more than likely because the Lakers, the way that the NBA lottery sets up, it's pretty much if you don't make the playoffs, then you're already automatically in the lottery. So I think that – the way that the Lakers are built, I think that they're going to continue either making the play-in or, or be like a six or seven seed, just barely squeaking into the playoffs. So, Bron, you know, LeBron, whatever team that Bron is going to be on, you know, whether that's the Lakers or not, he's going to be like, all right, I'm done with you. Let's go. I'm going to – whoever has my son, sign me. I don't care. I'll pay – you know, pay me a dollar a year and I'll play for them. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me look up real quick his contract because if he becomes a free agent – after I next mean, year, the Lakers would just honor it. I think either way, like he signed a two-year deal in two-year, ninety-seven million dollar extension uh, deal in twenty twenty-four. If he picked, so he has an option next year. So he'll play. He played this season. He'll play next year, and then I think he has an option to extend it or not afterwards. I might be reading that wrong, but like, like you said, Wade. They'll probably just be like, "All right, go play with your son in your last right, because he's gonna retire at that point." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's he'll be thirty eight, so he'll be 40. he's on his last leg. Yeah, so he probably won't even. I mean, it's not like he's gonna be playing the, the thirty minutes to get a night he's playing now. So, I mean, we'll see. He's LeBron James. He'll probably like pay a billion bucks and get robotic arms and legs and continue to play <laughs> until he's dead. So, yeah, the NBA you can turn it around pretty quickly, and wherever he goes. I imagine somebody like Kyrie Irving or, you know, one of his typical guys that he likes to play with will consider making a similar move to. Yeah. For, for his, for his last ride. So uh, we got some other playoffs going to hockey. Be honest with you. I haven't watched a single hockey game, but we do got to talk about it because it's sports. Uh, I watched the end of one game and it was intense. The pucks were flying. People were getting checked. I mean, goalies were pissed. Uh, it was it was pretty neat. So, but game two of the Stanley Cup Finals is actually right now. Um, mm. The Gold, Golden Knights are leading the series 1-0 after a five to two win at home over the Panthers on Saturday. I'm still taking Panthers to win the series just because I know nothing about hockey, but I'm rolling with Brooks Kepka. Tyler, who's your pick? 
I'm going to go with the Knights. Uh, like I've said on last week's show, I always love to root for the expansion team. And, man, what a game game one was. It felt like in the first period it was going to be a Panthers runaway. And then all of a sudden Vegas comes back and their offense is shooting on fire. And if I don't know if you watch uh, SportsCenter. I watched uh, SportsCenter top ten play. Vegas's goalie literally made probably the save of the year. He's like his, he made it with like the end of his stick. And it was like, oh, if God. he didn't make that save, Florida probably wins that game. So that was definitely a huge win save. Uh, but Florida's definitely a sneaky team. They're like the Miami Heat right now. They're the eight seed. They're very squeaky to the playoffs and they've been knocking off everybody. So Vegas has to win game two tonight, I think, if they want to take this series. Because once the series uh, shifts back uh, to Florida, if you know that's going to be all momentum for the Panthers, so I think that this is a must-win uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, to take care of business at home before traveling east. So Wade, if the Panthers pull it out tonight, are you playing set a parlay on Miami and the <laughs> Panthers to win the championships? That would. How be... much cash are we sprinkling on this? Are we getting a little money on there. <laughs> that would be intriguing. Although I have had a championship bet on the Nuggets since my birthday, so. I'm invested in the Nugget success, and I wouldn't want to put anything in the universe to conflict that one. Um, but I did see an interesting stat before we hopped on the show here that um, Vegas is 6-0-0 because they do ties in hockey right, um, right. against the Florida Panthers all-time at home. But the Florida Panthers are undefeated in Game 3s thus far in the playoffs. And Tyler's already told us the significance of Game 3 for NBA and it's every, it's every league. Yeah. yeah. So, win game three, you got to Hey, if you win game three in college baseball, you won the championship. Yeah. I mean, which is going to budge. So I don't know. I, um, I actually think that Miami will split the two series. I think hockey will get the championship and I'll give stick with my nuggets prediction. Um, in the NBA bold, bold. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, before we get to our next segment, I got to let everybody know that our championship talk is brought to you by SeatGeek. Live sports are great. Live sports are great on television. We watched a lot of live sports on television this weekend. I tried to. <laughs> yeah. The feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. Tyler and Wade learned that for about six hours. Uh, that's where our friends hey over now. at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. I know y'all were using SeatGeek. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. I hear the Taylor Swift Eras Tour, which there's probably a 0% chance. There's an Eras curse going on. I don't know if y'all read that article on ESPN. Everywhere that it stopped, all the teams are knocked out of the playoffs. So there's no tour in Miami. The closest right. one in Florida is Tampa. But there is one in Denver, so I don't Nuggets. Uh-oh. Nuggets fans, you better be on oh, alert. This it's in July. The is you. going to that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to watch out if you're a Taylor Swift fan. You can't go. I guess you could go in July if they win. But if they don't win, you have to boycott and sell your tickets to us. It'll knock out the Broncos and the Rockies, who didn't have I, much of a chance. <laughs> I hear it's an out-of-body experience, as one person described it. Um, and I know Cameron, I know you're watching. He would love to go to the Eras Tour. So head on over to SeatGeek and try to get a ticket. Good luck, though. Um, but you can save on it. You can use our code BELLYUPSPORTS, all capitals, um, when you visit SeatGeek.com, enter BELLYUPSPORTS. At checkout, and you say twenty dollars off your first pitch, uh, first purchase. I almost said first pitch, twenty dollars off your first purchase. So on that two thousand dollar Taylor Swift ticket, you can make it eighteen eighty. So there you go. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. So I alluded to the next segment. We're bringing back who got that dog. Who got that dog? Get them. Presented by SeatGeek. This week, I've got uh, one that we have not had before, so I'll go last. But if you're watching, drop them in the chat who your pick for Dog of the Week is. We'll start it off. Wade, do you have one yet? Are you still I do. I'm going college baseball because that was the focus of our weekend. MLB, I'll come back to you. Don't worry. We got all of July. Um, (laughs) For one week stand. So I'm going to go with uh, MJ Metz out of Duke. Uh, Currently, I think Duke is punching their ticket to the Super Regionals. They were up big whenever this started um so whenever we whenever most of our viewers hear this i think duke will already be in the super regionals and a big part of that was because of mj metz taking over the 
Coastal Carolina Regional in Conway, South Carolina. Uh, the two seed Blue, Duke Blue Devils. Duke um, did win, by the way, 12-3. Ah, they, it's official already. All right. So um, he had three home runs in their opener against UNC Wilmington. Uh, the ball was just flying out of the park against um, all those teams. I think Coastal Carolina plays in a very hitter-friendly park, but uh, three home runs is enough on its own merit to usually get you a dog of the week nominee, but he did it all with a torn ACL, Ooh. which uh, makes it even more incredible. Tim Elko vibes. Yeah, Dang. like okay. uh, Tim Elko from Ole Miss, like Tyler said. So uh, that was a really impressive performance, and how did he one-up it? Well, he hit another home run and added three hits today in the clinching game. So uh, I would say he was probably the regional MVP. Uh, that's not, not official, but my so. book he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that one. Okay, Tyler, who you got? Yeah, I'm sticking with college baseball as well since it's been the talk of the town, uh, both on our show uh, and in the world. So I'm going to go with an easy pick here. I'm going to go with a horned frog himself, Trey Richardson. Not only did he have three home runs, he had two grand slams and he had 11 RBIs. And those 11 RBIs only took him two innings. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a lot of runs. This was a huge weekend for TCU as they put up 20 runs in that game and they ultimately swept through Fayetteville Regional, which I think that's going to be many a surprises that happen in college yep. baseball. So, uh, Trey Richardson hopefully avenged uh, their football team getting spanked in the national championship <laughs> as TCU now will face Indiana State in the Supers to hopefully advance to Omaha. Hey, Tyler, you know what we call that? What's that? It's a full rack of ribbies. Yep. 11 out of 12. <laughs> You've been sitting on that one since the show started, huh? <laughs> so, uh, my dog of the week. Uh, oh, we got one from Chu listening in as he's studying for his PE exam. Good luck, buddy. Mm. He's got Hurston Waldrop from Florida. He probably hit a billion home runs because I think he leads Matthew's the country. Matthew's my dog got, of like, the week for taking the PE and studying in the summer. That's tough. There you go. <laughs> I got to start studying for my FE. I've been putting it off. Um, I think he's at 32 home runs right now. Oh, this 31, is 31, maybe. This is Southern Misses. Uh... You remember him? Hurston Waldrop was uh, number two. Oh, okay. I'm getting my my guys mixed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He dominated against UConn. Okay. Well, what was the stat line? Do you know it, Tyler? I I have no idea off the top of my head, but I know he shoved and saved Florida from having an epic meltdown and going on to the Supers. Okay. Well, there you go. I was wrong, but that dude from Florida, I think he's the center fielder. You're thinking of Jack Jack Young. Yeah. Yeah. He's just hitting nukes. So, Uh, my dog of the week. From the diamond to the, course. the fairway, <laughs> fairway. Yeah, I'm going. Rose Zhang wins her first LPGA start start after dominating in college. I'm pretty sure she won the national championship two weeks ago. Says I'm going to turn pro. She just won the Augusta Amateur the, that they do every year. Um, says you know what? I'm going to turn pro. I've won every college award there is. Give it a shot. Wins her first event. Uh, so congratulations to Rose. That's my dog of the week. Uh, we'll put them on Twitter and have our listeners take take account in the poll and see who wins it. Um, real quick before we get into all of our regional recap, I got to uh, sum up the golf tournament uh, this week at Memorial at Jack's house. It was crazy. I thought Scotty Scheffler was going to win it at one point. I thought Roy McIlroy was going to win it at one point. The man, Victor Hovland, loud shirt, orange, white, pink, whatever he wants That's to wear. He wins in a playoff. And then he caddies for his former college teammate on Monday. So, Tyler, you picked him to win the um, last major. Brooks got it done there. But did you pick him this week? Uh, I, I did not. I was a few weeks off, like I just said. Uh, but I know yep. that Victor Holland's having a fantastic year. It's just going to be sooner or later until he wins his first major. It's going to happen by the end of this year. I think it's probably going to be potentially going to be the U.S. Open. Our bet of Max Homa is pretty much down the toilet bowl. So I'm going to go with my man, Victor Hovland, to win every tournament, hopefully. Oh, there you go. Just throw a blanket pick yeah. out there. One of them will hit. Cast um, I yep. will say I am I told Wade this. Scotty Scheffler, who ended up finishing third, came out of nowhere on Sunday, um, as he typically does. He hasn't finished lower than top 10 the entire tour year. Um, but he's put he was DFL in putting strokes game putting this weekend. If the man makes putts average, he wins by a million shots. It's insane how good of a 
like ball striker he is. He just can't hit a putt to save his life. So we'll see if he can get that squared away uh, come next week for the uh, U.S. Open. But uh, we had Scotty and John Rahm paired up, so that was fun to watch. And Rory was leading going into Sunday. Everybody thought he might be able to get it done again, but he shot plus three on the day and uh, ended up finishing, I want to say, seventh. So tough, tough go for Rory, but congratulations, Victor Hovland, for taking it away. So now the moment everybody's been waiting for, we'll get into college baseball, a regional recap. Um, it was crazy. It was wild. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six national seeds that got eliminated. Start off with Arkansas, the number three seed. They were eliminated uh, by who, Tyler? They were eliminated by TCU and Trey Richardson. There you go. Clemson, number four. Wade, who eliminated them? Protesting your knowledge. We called it. No, Charlotte. Yeah, in the. Oh, okay. Well, Charlotte eliminated them, but (laughs) we got to get technical here. Yes. Uh, that was a wild game. We'll get into that when we get into that Clemson Regional. Uh, Vanderbilt, number six, who eliminated them? I should know it. I don't. I, Xavier I eliminated them, right. but Oregon won. Where, where is Xavier? Cincinnati. Somewhere in the Northeast. Yes, it's in Cincinnati. <laughs> Oregon won that. Re- uh, Come on, Catholics. And let's see. Miami got eliminated uh, by Texas. 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 That's right. That's right. Um, Oklahoma State was eliminated. TCU absolutely demolished them. Oklahoma State didn't even make it to the weekend, man. They were out like yeah. Friday night. <laughs> DBU put yeah, them on like, them, 18-4. Right, I'm sorry. Not and they TCU. lost to Oral Roberts in their yes. first game. DBU, my bad. They beat them like 14-2 to two or something insane. Auburn was the last team eliminated. Oof. So which one, Wade, is the most surprising to you? I think the, the most surprising to me was Arkansas. Um, I agree TCU, with that. Did have a really good run down the stretch. They almost won their conference, but Arkansas is a team that I uh, thought could be very consistent and had some veteran leadership to get them to Omaha. And I thought their path there was pretty straightforward. So that one shocked me. And then Vanderbilt as well. I thought that team was kind of on the rise. Um, and it, it shows you how close these regional pairings can be because LSU was given a slight nod over Vanderbilt in the um, rankings, and we got paired with Oregon State. And presumably, if we were in Vanderbilt's spot, we would have got paired with Oregon. So yep. at this point of the year, Oregon might be the team to beat, and they could have knocked us out. So um, the seeding definitely does matter. And then same thing for Clemson. I mean, they just kind of had the disadvantage of Tennessee being yeah. an SEC school and not being sent to Baton Rouge or, or Nashville. So. Uh, I was kind of shocked to see Clemson lose because they had been so hot. But as soon as I saw Tennessee was paired with them, whoever won that 14 inning game was going to win the regional. Yeah, let's get into that afterwards. Let's get into this 14 inning game that lasted to about 11 o'clock at night that all of us were watching because LSU was rained out. Um, I want to talk about the umpires and how sucky they are (laughs) because we're talking it's the bottom of the okay. Well, first, top of the ninth inning. Tennessee comes up, they're down three runs or two runs, four to two. Dude, bottom of or top of the ninth, two outs, full count. You got two guys on base. You just need a base hit here. Dude hits a nuke to take the lead five to four. And then in the bottom of the ninth, center fielder comes up for Clemson. I can't remember his name, but he was the one I'm about to talk about. He hits a bomb to tie the game 5-5, five, five, and you're thinking, okay, one or two extra innings. It's it's postseason baseball. Up we go 14. And the – I want to say it was either the 12th or the 13th inning. Uh, Tennessee had bases loaded, one out. Clemson forces a double play to get out of a, a huge jam. And center fielder's jogging off the field. He's talking smack to the uh, runner on second base. He's talking shit back to him, and they're just jarring, okay? They're not in each other's face. They're going to the opposite side. Nobody comes out of the dugout. Umpire takes one look at center field and says, you're out of here. Come on, man. It's the regional uh, game. It's the 13th inning. They didn't, they didn't, you know, push or shove. They were just talking. What, I mean, do you all agree with that ejection, or the umpires just stay out of baseball? The umpire just need to stay out of baseball, especially in postseason play. I saw in the Lexington regional also, Indiana uh, hit a home run, and – one of their guys brought out a chain, and the guy 
who brought the chain out got ejected. It's like, yeah, what yeah that one was almost like, worse. Turned into the no fun police. I swear, it's postseason baseball. Some of these teams haven't even experienced postseason baseball, and some of these teams as well are getting to the super regionals for their first time in their program history. So let these guys play. I think that dumbs, you know, their strike zones this weekend were all over the place. Yeah, And also wild. the rules and too much replays as well. It's like if you're going to try and slow down the game with these pitch clocks, you got to, you know, put a pitch clock on these umpires because some of these replays take too long. Yep. Um, and I also want to talk about the pitch clock. You know, we've dealt with it all season. Uh, it actually came to LSU's aid uh, this week, but not pins. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Pin law. Uh, I don't think they lost the game, but it was. Uh, it, like it was lost an opportunity to score some runs. Bases right. were loaded. There, so bases were loaded. Three, two count, two outs. They the the hitter gets a pitch clock violation, or I guess a batter's clock violation. I don't agree with that. On immediately issuing a ball or a strike, you should issue a warning. Like pitcher, maybe you get one warning per inning. Batter, you get one in at that, possibly. I don't know. They got to figure that out. Uh, but there should be some sort of warning that, hey, buddy, you took 10 seconds to get in the box. Next one's a strike. Maybe oh, one team warning per inning. Right. One in inning on both sides. But to just ring them up and then it's like, well, there goes your scoring opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I don't agree with that. So I mean, that's what you dream of. And to just be called out like that is just so stupid. He's taking a moment to soak it in. You know, you got to, you got to compose yourself. I mean, the rule has been that way all year. I, it's the right call. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of annoying. So it's going to uh, happen. Like we sat around a lot. World Series. It's going to come down to like base loaded <laughs> and someone's going to get screwed. Yeah, and, and like you just said, Wade, the NCAA is worried about speeding up the game. A lot of you speed up your lightning delays. Um, so, speaking of lightning delays, they were kind of all over the country. <laughs> we were more prone to the Baton Rouge Regional, where we had Tulane, Sam Houston State, Oregon State, and Sam Houston State. Um, LSU gets through it with a clean sweep, 3-0, and uh, through Paul Skeens Friday, which a lot of people were uh, shocked. Um, apparently, there's a hot dog incident. According to Neil, I didn't see this one. Did y'all see about a hot dog incident? Didn't if not. I did, I already forgot about it. Neil, let us know what this hot dog incident is that you're referring to, and we'll bring it up. Um, the Oh, he's talking about in the conference tournament, uh, one of the East Carolina players, they had like a 9 a.m. game, um, and the guy hit a home run, and his teammate gave him a like a breakfast dog for <laughs> hitting gave a home him a breakfast run. glizzy. And they tossed him from the game. What? Oh my god! Prop on the field. What the, it's oh. not a prop. It's a meal. We, dude, hey, it's all I want is hey, robot umps. Where are you at? Because yeah. all these umps get them out of here. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so LSU beats Tulane with Paul Skeens on the mound Friday, which now looking back at it uh, was a great decision by heck Jared of a Johnson. decision. Now, yeah, the man did he knew it was going to rain. He's predicting the future. Um, he just so, benefited from that. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely did because if it would have worked out backwards uh we'd all be calling for his job yeah oh um, but Skeens gets the complete game which saves our entire bullpen of course saturday we don't play because of the rain delay um we end up getting oregon state uh sunday afternoon uh beat oregon state in a very close exciting game 5-4 uh ty floyd came in and in my opinion he had his stuff they were just working him into a lot of full counts and uh, just getting his pitch uh, pitch count high up there, but LSU had so many opportunities they just couldn't capitalize on them. But then the rain delay happened. The lightning delay actually it was actually, it was rain. It stormed. Um, sent Tyler back home on his flat tire back on down to the, to South Louisiana. But the uh, LSU benefited from it. Jay Johnson must have pulled him guys. Said, "Look, guys, you leave another guy on base, you're cut from the team because this is ridiculous." And they just started hitting nukes. They said, all right, that's fine, coach. We'll just hit home runs. Thatcher Hurd came in, got you 12 strikeouts, which is huge for LSU's bullpen at that point. Gavin Guidry comes in, shuts the game down. Oregon State takes on uh, Sam Houston State, and it was very different than the first time they played where Oregon State scored, I think, 16. Was that the total 18. number? 18. Yeah, they scored 18. Eight. There was a lot of high numbers this, this uh, weekend in regional play. Um, and they battled LSU again. Uh, earlier today, and LSU got the best of them with 13 to 7. A few garbage run, uh, runs scored out there at the end, but um, pitching staff came out, 
and they, they did what they were supposed to do. We talked a couple weeks ago about how we were so worried about the bullpen. Wade, are your fears alleviated from what you've seen the past two weeks? I don't think they're alleviated, but I definitely do have more trust. Uh, so it's alleviated, but not eliminated. How about that? I like uh, it. I like <laughs> it. Put that one on that, a shirt. Yeah, I think that uh, they stepped up in a big way. I think that the move to go to Thatcher Hurd in game two was a really good one uh, because it was already going to be a tight schedule in the losers bracket. But poor Oregon State, man, they just couldn't catch. They had breath. no pitching. They, they had yeah. nothing after that. So that was just like a kill shot there to mm-hmm. get, put your best guy out there. I think like the Clemson Regional, like we talked about, whoever would win game two, especially with it being a long delay like that, eating up a lot of pitchers, whoever won game two was going to take the cake. So. Um, I, I really like that move, but the, the caveat to that move was, Hey, somebody has to step it up today in the clincher. Um, and then in a potential, uh, championship final, if, if Oregon state would have won. So we would have been left really, uh, depleted in that situation, but luckily right. Riley Cooper also stepped up, ate some innings. Um, the wind was blowing out. So, um, both sides let up some home runs, but overall, just a really good effort from him. And then uh, we saw Griffin Herring and Ackenhausen really settle in as well. Uh, right. These were all guys that pitched well in, in Hoover, so it's good to see them pitching well in the postseason. Well, we saw a cruise missile hit the Tony Satchery sign. Tyler, what do we got to do to get some free Tonys when somebody hits it? Uh, I have no idea. Like Wade's mentioned, I think there needs to be a Tony's can and then just shoots out Tony Satchery's uh, to everybody. everybody. Just take Take your French fries and hold them out onto the field and they'll <laughs> yeah, start like shooting those. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oxford wouldn't know what hit them if we started shooting shooting seasoning. Your eyes would burn. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, an explosion of offense from LSU. They went back-to-back games without hitting a home run, and they said, here, hold my beer, because you had Hayden Travinsky and Cade Belozo just said, all right, back-to-back, call me Drake. We're doing it back-to-back both times and both games. I mean, you saw his reaction, Tyler. Have the bats finally come alive for the Tigers' offense. Yeah, it's crazy to think that in game one, we LSU pretty much played small ball and had no home runs that game. And just a couple of hours later after that, you have a home run fest. I feel like yep. after that lightning delay, this offense had lightning in the bottle. Maybe, they're, maybe their bats got struck by lightning. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe they just they put out them all the bats the out there, <laughs> put them out, gave them some energy. Uh, so, yeah, all the runs uh, on Saturday's game uh, came from the long ball. We saw uh, Braden Bear with the ultimate uh, hero ball of getting us a 6-5. Uh, Josh Pearson, what uh, Chet and I called a Scotty Sheffler's look yes. like he had a hold in one. Uh, to get Scotty that triple looking like, but I think that you have to go back to the triple as well. The triple really got the offense uh, going. Then we saw DC three uh, hit a cruise missile, cruise missile, and then we saw today, like you said, uh, the back to back jacks again from Travinsky and below. So uh, Travinsky, you know, his defense uh, isn't that great, uh, but he definitely makes it up with the bat. And Cable also had a phenomenal weekend as well. I know that Dylan Cruz was ultimately named the MVP of this regional, but I think that Beloso could have been a second as well. And then we saw Gavin Dugas uh, hit a home run as well. I feel like it's been a very long time. I want to say the Kentucky series uh, the last time that I think you're right. A right home run. So uh, his shoulder. It, it was definitely an offensive firepower yeah, and they just got to keep it going if they want to make it to where they want to. Yeah. I mean, it looked great. I was texting y'all. I go from like the highest of highs to the lowest of lows during these games mm-hmm. when they leave. It's a support loaded. First oh, and second leaving inning, bases, bases loaded, loaded to start that Saturday yeah. game. We were all human. Yeah, no, yeah, that was like this is when you lose. This is how you lose a game. That's 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 just what happens. Um, I've been on the other side of that too many times. So yeah. it's uh it's good to see the guys move on. Of course, at the end of the game, we had news break that Georgia hired LSU's pitching coach Wes Johnson. I did see that he's planning to stick yeah. it out for the remainder of the postseason before he joins the Georgia Bulldogs as their new head coach. So good luck to you, Wes. But, I mean, when you got a guy like Paul Skeens, you develop him, you're definitely getting some high offers uh, yeah. come po- come the offseason. So it was only was a matter of time. All yeah. along. He wanted to get back in the college game, but it was too late to get a head job in the SEC. So I think Jay Johnson knew, hey, I'm going to get one good year out of him, one good year out of Skeens, one good year out of Cruz, and then – we're going to have to rebuild, but that's how it works. 
Yeah, I mean, apparently the deal was done during the SEC tournament, and they they were pl- Jay said he was planning on telling the team tomorrow, and then somebody broke the news as soon as the game ended. So, it is what it is. Um, wish you the best. We'll just, I mean, you can find a new, another pitching coach. There's there's a billion of them out there. Yeah. So we did it last uh, year. Uh, you know, Kelly's now Washington's head ball club. Uh, so I think that they're going to do it again. I did like how LSU did not save their starter and say, oh, well, we want to save them for next game, which has been the the death of, of the team for the past couple of years. They said, oh, you know what? Typhoid's out because of the rain delay. Heard you're going in. You're getting us to win, and then we'll figure it out from there. That's always been my take is why save somebody to play tomorrow when you got to win yeah. today if you want to play tomorrow. When so. you got to play two extra games if you lose that. Yeah, all exactly. the chips were in in that game. Yes. If you lose that one, you lose a regional. Yeah, so I think obviously looking super regional, you see t- uh, Paul Skeens on the mound to start Friday night. If it's Friday, it hasn't. I think it'll be announced tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's going to um, be announced. But say Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm looking at Paul Skeens, Ty Floyd, and then Thatcher Hurd if needed. But I honestly would feel comfortable if you got to bring a guy in Saturday and you and it's a close game, throw Thatcher Hurd and pitch for the win. Yeah, I think and, Thatcher Hurd's a leverage guy at this point going forward. And Cooper um, as well. Yeah. yeah. So if that's what needed, I, I think you run. feel comfortable throwing Thatcher Hurd Saturday. And they didn't even use uh, Javen Coleman this weekend either. Right. And I you think can... here's something with Coleman because of his injury. He's got to know like a couple days in advance if he's going to pitch because they got to start tuning him up to get his velocity yeah. back right now because it's still a little early, which makes sense. Uh, they got to take the WD-40 to the whole elbow and start <laughs> greasing it up. But uh, what were you saying, Wade? You were saying something about the pitch staff. Oh, I just think that uh, if you use Hurd in a leverage spot and, you know, I think that he pitched a few more innings this weekend because of the rain delay. Right. But if Ty Floyd goes like five or six innings and you bring in Hurd to close out the end of game two in that situation, I think he's every bit as available today. Oh, um, for sure. In a game three. So it's not like he's burnt. He was burnt this weekend because of the, the rain delay. Yeah, I mean, and he yeah. threw – what 85 pitches you know he basically so, made a start so i mean yeah. he he could close out a game and then be an opener or a bullpen option again in in uh game three yeah if you end up in some sort of double header situation you have him close a game and then open the next one but i, I don't see it i actually i don't think that'll ha- i don't think they play double headers in omaha at all so i don't think we're not unless the weather is extremely yeah. off yeah yeah so <laughs> Uh, but let's speaking of Omaha, let's get into the other super regional matchups. So the first one is South Carolina, 15 seed South Carolina at number two, Florida. Um, then you got Duke at number seven, Virginia. TCU at 14, Indiana State. And uh, Indiana State, they're playing a little like magic in the outfield. You had a guy, their <laughs> left fielder, rob a home run, and then he tried to convince everybody he robbed his second one. So by the way he reacted, he jumped up at the wall put his hand up and then pulled his glove back, smiled and was celebrating. And the runner turned around and was jogging off the field. And then he goes, eh, I lied. He, his <laughs> conscience spoke up. What would have happened if the runner would have jogged back into the dugout? Is he out? Uh, at some point, I feel like, like the umpire's the next batter the comes up and he he's off the field. Yeah, I saw that he went back and technically passed up the runner. I think that it was just a uh, total bizarre circumstance. I think at some point uh, he does have to present the ball to the umpires for them to make an official call. So I think that they were signaling him to do that off the camera, and that's when uh, he kind of gave it up. And um, at that point, the umps were like, well, I mean, <laughs> we should have made a call about 20 seconds ago, right? So right. they kind of let him come back and run the bases. Well, that's I'm just curious – I, I'm sure that rules in, in place, but what if he were to like get into the dugout and then the next batter's in the batter's box? Like, can yeah, you get, I, hold on, hold on. Where's all I ball? can think is you have to present the ball for the play to be officially dead, and it's just something that we don't see on TV. But maybe if you were there, um, well, it's something you don't you take for granted because typically it's just thrown into the infield, right? You know, so you and it. it's Indiana State, which is like the only stadium that didn't have outfield seats. You know, we would have right seen some fan interactions or yeah something. can you imagine can you imagine the left fielder jogs all the way to the pitcher's mound 
And then the pitcher's like, oh, I need a, need another ball. This one's no good. And, and they just try to playfully somehow get it off the field uh, without yeah. anybody actually seeing you didn't have a ball. There's, but, there's gamesmanship and then there's cheating. I think yeah. pretending to get hit by a pitch or something <laughs> is a little bit more of gamesmanship. <laughs> Stealing somebody's home run is uh, that's criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, they ended up winning anyway. So TCU go to Indiana State in the 14th seed. Then you have somebody we're familiar with, Oral Roberts, uh, taking on Oregon. Uh, both, uh, who was that? That's the, I'm trying to remember who they play, but both of those national seeds uh, were eliminated. It was Oklahoma State and, and Vanderbilt's regional. That's right. And then you got Kentucky taking on our LSU Tigers, the five seed. Um, luckily, Kentucky, we have hotels nearby, so you don't have to stay in the dorm rooms. They stayed uh, at the Staybridge Suites last time. They can do it again. Did we talk about this on the podcast, or did this come out after we recorded the show? I think it we was talked after. about it with the okay. dorms. Yep. Yeah. I mean, poor guys had to stay in the dorms. Uh, and then you got yeah, honestly, they won their West Virginia looked terrible that we, this week, and I picked them to come out in the regional. Yeah. So, uh, sixteen seed Alabama taking on number one seed Wake Forest. That's the only two national seed. Oh, I guess besides South Carolina and Florida, um, those are the only two regionals. Also, national seeds. Well, I mean, like worked out. Oh, I didn't have – sorry. I didn't have the ranking for Kentucky. So there's three Kentucky's regionals. Well. Yeah, three regionals that worked out how they were actually supposed to. Uh, and then you've got the Stanford regional winner, which is Texas Going on A&M. right now. Yeah, Texas A&M and Stanford. Uh, oh, it's the Stanford. Oh, yeah, that's right. They yeah, Stanford's still in it. They won last night to get to game seven. Yeah, so we'll see if the Aggies could pull it out to give another SEC team in there. And they'll be taking on Texas which I've spoken to some Aggie fans. They're not thrilled about this. They do not like when the NCAA tries to pair it up. You just signed up to be in the same conference. (laughs) And they are also not happy with that. So, uh, But I think that game should be played in Minute Maid Park in Houston. I think that would be pretty neat and kind of like a neutral site area, but I believe it will be played at Texas. If uh, I think uh, that's going to be decided tomorrow morning. Same thing is going to look at a variety of factors if they're both. Yeah. Could they put it at a neutral site if they're both two? It's going to be either. It's going to be at the campus side. There's going to be no whatsoever going to Minute Maid, going to these major league ballparks. It's going to be at a campus site. They only do the neutral sites if a national seed doesn't have the seating requirements or the hotel requirements for that and they can which they should have done for kentucky <laughs> for a viable option like coastal carolina played at a minor league stadium in myrtle beach one year when they were before they won the national championship they had a really good run and uh they hosted south carolina because the alternative was south carolina was going to get to host the regional and they didn't ah, that, see. so hmm. And to wrap up the super regional matchups, we got our boy Matty Ice's Southern Miss Golden Eagles taking down whoever they played because I don't Penn. remember. Oh, yeah. Pin. That's right. Pin. They took Penn. down Pin. Southern Miss taking down Pin. Brought back a guy that threw 123 pitches. Yes. I want to get into that. So be he will not be able to pitch on Friday. <laughs> so Southern Miss said, screw the pitch count. We threw this guy Friday. To open up game one, well, guess what? We're in an elimination win or go home championship. You're going in, buddy. He sacked up and he went into the game. His arm probably is going to fall off tomorrow. Um, did he pit? Did he pitch a complete game? No, he only pitched like two or three innings. Well, he got the job done because they're taking on Tennessee. Um, I imagine this will be in Knoxville, so that's probably going to be a pretty wild environment. But wasn't Southern Miss a two seed? Did you know Southern Miss was more on? close to being a host but i think logistics is going to put this one in lindsey nelson state if i were to guess here's a proposal for that when you have so i think to keep it interesting if you win the regional of um like the higher seed like in that situation clemson was supposed to be the host right so tennessee knocks off clemson i think it should default if the other team's not a national seed or a ranked seed, I think it should default to whoever knocked out the higher seed. Like it should be a reward. You know, that would make sense, but we're dealing with the NCAA here. Um, Indiana State doesn't even get to host now. And there what? are 14 national Logis- seeds. Yeah, legit. I don't then why make them a national Both teams got to travel. It doesn't make any sense. Now TCU gets 
to host, and I think that screws over Indiana State because I, I definitely think, agree with you. I don't think Indiana State's going to be winning because that's a travel. I mean, I, if I would, I would pick Indiana State if they, they were probably host, but now Indiana State's got to go all the way down to the Dallas Fort Worth area, and that's not an easy trip. If it's something to do with the seating capacity, that just doesn't make sense to me because they hosted four teams this weekend. They could easily put bleachers in the outfield, I and mean, they could definitely make it work. It's it can't be the seating capacity like like you just said. Like they hosted four like everybody could get a tree stand. And I bet they just saw TCU Dallas Fort Worth. They didn't even they probably just screwed. They saw the monies in Dallas yep. and we're sending them there. There's none of this. Don't give me any of these. No offense to Hattiesburg. Put them as a national but, seed, then they should be able to host in the supers as well. I agree with you. I mean, it's Southern Miss Tennessee situation. No offense to Hattiesburg, but Knoxville is a yeah. bigger city. And so they're probably thinking, oh, we get more money out of that. Uh, but I know the Southern Miss fans would show up. So I think it should be how Wade said. Uh, now, I guess if you have two number two seeds or however to upset the host, and then you're like, well, shit, what do you do now? It's like, okay, look at their records. Look at their RPIs. You just got to like go down the list. Um, so. Let's 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 make some picks. South Carolina, Florida. Tyler, who you got? Yeah, we saw this matchup early in the season. The Gamecocks swept them, but I think Florida gets the revenge. I have the Gators making it all the way to the national championship in my bracket, so I'm going to stay with that. All right, wait, Duke. Virginia. Um, I'm going to say the Gamecocks stay. Hot I wasn't asking the you. I was yeah. asking you the next game, but okay, <laughs> pick South Carolina or Florida. Yeah. Uh, you go with Gamecocks. Okay. All right, Duke, Virginia. You know I had to get my Gamecock plug in there. Yes. Um, this is interesting. Another conference matchup here. I didn't get to watch Virginia over the weekend. I think they played at all the weird times. But um, Duke's hot right now. But there's a reason why Virginia is the number seven seed. So I'm going to give it to the Cavaliers. So next on my list, TCU, Indiana State. I'll pick this one. And I'm going Indiana State because they're going to be pissed off that they have to travel down to TCU. Mm. I bet you their fans travel. We'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would traveling. I wouldn't chalk too much up to it. I think, I think it's just bulletin board material. I'm taking Indiana state. So yep. Tyler oral Roberts at Oregon, man. I think that this is definitely tough to the hottest teams in the country right now, but that's a tough road trip. You go from Oklahoma to Oregon. So I'm going to go with the Ducks. I think that the Ducks are going to go to Omaha. Okay. Uh, Wade, I don't even have to ask you Kentucky LSU. I think I know who you're going to pick. <laughs> well, so let's... I'm going to stay far away from Alex Box Stadium this weekend because I am a jinx on Super Regionals. If you so... step foot, you're cut. Show, yeah. You're off the show. It's going to be the Chet and Tyler show for, for the rest so of the time. I think uh, LSU is going to take the cake. There. Okay. Uh, Alabama Wake Forest. Alabama's gotten hot lately. I mean, it's like a team of destiny. Their their coach gets fired for betting on them to lose, and all of a sudden they're in a regional. It's the number 16 national seed. They are traveling to Wake Forest, who's the number one team in the country. I want to pick the upset so bad. but yeah, There's no way. <laughs> but it's Alabama, so I don't want to pick it. So I'm going Wake Forest to win, to win this it's game. It's going to be an easy series. Wake Forest is going to sweep them. Um, let me check the score of the AM game to see Maybe if we skip that one. Uh, oh, it's tied 1 1. Okay, well, we'll skip that one. Yeah, um, let me get Southern Miss Tennessee. Southern Miss Tennessee, Tyler, who you got? Oh, my gosh. This is definitely tough. You know, obviously, I, on one side, I want Southern Miss to go to Omaha because it's Scott Berry's last ride, but Tennessee is playing very hot right now. I mean, honestly, I think it depends on who gets the hosts, in my opinion, because Southern Miss is a definitely a tough place to pay, unless you know Axel Miss last year. They just steamrolled them. Uh, but uh, playing at Lindsey Nelson Stadium in that ballpark, it's going to be nuke after nuke. It's pretty much a hitter's ballpark. I mean, so I think that I'm just going to think on the mindset that this one is going to be at Tennessee's home ballpark. I think that this is going to be a really good series, a lot of good, good pitching in this one, especially if Tanner Hall's arm is still with them. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tennessee. Uh, I think that Chase Dolander is going to be the difference in this. Well, we got a comment from Matty Ice. He says tennis, uh, He says Southern Miss, easy money. So okay. we'll see who's right. If, Honestly, if, I, I'm rooting for both of these. I, <laughs> I think that whoever wins this one, I would definitely be rooting for them in Omaha. Well, probably not because if LSU makes it, then that's who they'll play. Southern Miss versus Tennessee. So 
Well, I'll root so, for you at least one week. We'll we'll see who's right. We got Matty Ice versus uh, versus Tyler for the picks. Um, I have Tennessee in my bracket. So. Yeah, I I'm married to a Southern Miss grad. My mom went to. You got to pick Southern Miss. I gotta go Southern Miss. I'm Chet, going Southern Miss. Right <laughs> He's listening right to, now. Chet, yeah. Chet wants a seat at the Thanksgiving table. So. Yeah, I'm going Southern Miss. We're going with them. So uh, all our picks were brought to you by our friends over at Baller Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Baller Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good with their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body like a nice warm embrace. Uh, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Baller Bros Golf signature polos. Baller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and for those who want a sleek, subtle design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience that much better. Use code BELLYUP, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, all one word, all caps, at MahlerBros, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S, dot com for 15% off your order. So, BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com, get you some golf polos to make sure you look good this summer. Uh, Last thing, last few things I got on my list here. We had the SEC uh, coaches meetings. Um, They decided to vote on an eight-game slate for 2024. And after that, the divisions will be no more. I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this. Um, I did want to offer up my opinion really quickly. I think it's smart for the SEC to temporarily play this eight-game slate until Texas and Oklahoma come in. Based on, one, the contract they signed with ESPN was for eight games. So, reality, ESPN would be getting a free SEC game, ninth game, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants the... World conglomerate, how do you say that? Con- conglomerate. You know what? Yes, conglomerate of sports to get a free money. Uh, so that's no fun. And also, you don't know the new format for the playoffs. So why give your team, give each team an, an extra loss? If that makes sense. I mean, you got nine nine SEC teams playing each other. There's going to be teams with extra losses. So we don't know what that format looks like yet. But Tyler, Wade, fight it out. Who wants to go first? Wait, you uh, go first. You're a debater. Oh, y'all are so nice. You're giving it right. wait. You go first. <laughs> we both have our turn signals on. I'll take the parking spot. There you uh, go. I have a flat Tyler, time. Flip you them off in the background. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's a good point, Chad. I didn't know the ESPN details, um, but I like this move if it means we're going to get, like, you know, some extra Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10 matchups mixed in there. I don't like it if we're going to get the status quo Youngstown game State. against, you know, an FCS school. I think that's a step in the wrong direction. So I don't think the SEC necessarily wants to maintain that kind of scheduling. I do think they want to encourage their members to schedule tougher schedules as a result of this. But if every other conference is moving to nine games, they're not going to want to have one of their three out-of-conference games be against an SEC school. So the only available teams to play um, for those four out-of-conference games are going to be protected rivalries, you know, like Mm -hmm. the Clemson, South Carolina. Um, And then it's going to resort to the smaller FBS schools and the FCS schools. So that's why I think it's a huge step back. I think you got to pace with college football and at the very least, play an extra conference game. It doesn't mean that it has to be Georgia versus Alabama, but I'd rather see Georgia play Missouri than Georgia play Georgia Southern. That's a good point. Okay. Tyler, I want you to argue the other side. Yeah. I know you won in nine games. but I did want. I mean, if you're going to, like, get all this jabbering and just stay with the same eight games, I think it's BS to me. I'm sick and tired of watching, like, an FCS game and week zero and week two. Like, I want to see these big boys go against each other. So uh, I just think that nine games just makes sense. And 2024 is when actually Texas and Oklahoma is joining the SEC. So I think that you're getting more, you know, teams in the conference. It just makes sense to play more games in the conference. Honestly, the COVID season was the best season. You, it was all a 10-game schedule. It was all SEC, and it was Resolve great. what yeah. it could be. You know? you know, so what? Like, I'm, you know, they had some teams that voted for the nine games. They had, you know, the Kahuna's and the teams that didn't want it. Well, get out, go somewhere else if you want to. Don't want to play in that. And season. look, the committee is going to take 
a three or four loss SEC team potentially as like a 12 seed, depending on who the losses are too. But what this does is it eliminates room for error. If, you know, somebody does slip up against a weaker SEC team or in one of their three out of or four out of conference games. I mean, I think losing to like a small FBS school could be like an eliminator for a lot of teams (laughs) that are on in the playoff consideration. Cause if, a big 10 team loses like two conference games, um, you know, depending on who the losses are too, I would have to give them credit for scheduling at least one harder opponent. Well, this year, only two sec teams are playing a full power five. Wait, are playing 10 power five games. Can you guess those two? Mm, I think it's not who you would think. I think it's going to be like a team like, Kentucky or someone, Tyler. So, so the SEC playing like a power five. There's only there's only two SEC teams that have ten power five uh, games scheduled. Oh, I know one South Carolina. No, Hmm. they're not playing. They're playing Clemson and North Carolina in the out of conference. I'm gonna go with Texas A&M. It's LSU and Florida, according Hmm. to what Fletch sent me. That might be totally wrong. I didn't fact check it, but. It makes sense There's because no you're playing Florida State. Um, the only two, Grambling's not. Army is technically an independent, so I get. I don't know if that counts as a. So I think that kind of counts. A group of five. And then they also play Georgia State. State was also not a power five, yeah. so that's already disqualified. So Fudge might have sent me a fake headline. Um, well, like South Carolina voted against the. Uh, the I don't think nine. that any team in the country is playing ten. Because they got Clemson rivalry. And then they, they play teams like North Unless Carolina. Unless they're playing an all-conference schedule. They're not doing that. Yeah. Um, I like to move to nine. I think you have to move to nine games whenever yeah. Texas and Oklahoma join. You're expanding. You got to. I don't see any reason to make the move right now based on, like, the SEC ESPN contract. Um, why give them free money? It, I mean, because it's a business at the end of the, at the, mm-hmm. end of the thing. So. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure as soon as they come, as long as they get to it, I'm fine with it. Like, if they don't get it by 2025 and save the game, then so they join June 1st, 2024. No, I think they're They're gonna be there for the start of the 2024 season, yeah, right. So, but they're sticking with an eight game season for 2024, yeah. So the first year will be an eight game season, and then they with the potential to expand. Going forward, yeah, they're right. releasing it actually the schedule a week from now, so we'll know. Yeah, not no only dates. the eight game, the eight no game slate, but we'll also know the three permanent, uh, you know, opponents that every team's going to be facing from now on. And they would just add a sixth rotating one in, um, yeah, should they make that move. So the three, all I care about is none of these like 10 years gap of going, you know, not even going to like Lexington and all these stadiums, yeah, like, no, we're actually going to get. Every college athlete is going to be able to experience every stadium in the SEC now. If they don't transfer. If they don't transfer, that which will probably happen. Yeah, so um, let's see. What else we got in our headlines here before I get to NASCAR and Neil? That's, uh, the Bills are breaking ground on a new $1.54 billion stadium. So, yep. cool. Throwing money in a nice stadium. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, hopefully it has a roof on it. So, it let's get not. to it. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's get to a NASCAR Neil segment here presented to you by Fanatics. You can head on over to our link, uh, fanatics.93n6tx.net slash sports scramble and uh, help out the show. They got 65% off right now. I just got a call from Cameron. He just bought himself a Braves jersey. So sporting the Braves, use the link. We appreciate it. Let's get a picture of it when it comes in. So, NASCAR Neil writes in and says, a rain-delayed race in St. Louis mm. gives Kyle Bush... Oh, rain-delay. Where have we seen no, that rain-delay. Uh, <laughs> no, he was texting me during the LSU rain-delay, and he said, it just stinks that my two sports I was watching on my two screens are both delayed right now. Yeah, he sent me a picture. He's sitting there, he's got NASCAR on one side, LSU on the other, and Chu as well was watching LSU NASCAR and his FE cl- or his PE class. So shout out to both of them. for. And guess for which that. one didn't get delayed? The boring one. Yes, the <laughs> PE class. Uh, so rain delayed race in St. Louis gives Kyle Busch the pole sitter, gets his third win of the season. So Kyle Busch takes the race this weekend. 
A race plagued by broadcasts and data issues. Well, maybe you should let Sports Scramble broadcast your races, NASCAR. We don't have any issues. Um, came to a close, and when a caution came with five to go, but Bush was able to hold on. Corey LeJoe, who was subbing for his suspended Chase Elliott, finished 21st, which is disappointing for him getting his first shot in the top equipment. Neil wanted him to finish a little higher. Um, there was also uh, a scary situation that happened where they had a pit row crew member get hit and hospitalized, and he was trying to find out some more information. Um, everything seems to be okay. Uh, it was a, a minor injury, but still a scary situation. You get run over by a NASCAR car. That's uh, any car at that rate. Uh, but NASCAR Neil, we appreciate you sending that in. You've been in the comments tonight, so as always, thank you for yeah. It's fun having some live action. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna. I think we're gonna start the live shows up again. We took a little break trying to explore how we're doing YouTube, uh, but I think we got a pretty good handle on it. Tyler, the SEO genius, is getting the getting them views popping. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to do another preview, do some super regional preview and predictions coming up because people yes, enjoy definitely. it. Yeah, I propose a, a new NASCAR segment since we have our two NASCAR guys in the chat. We can just bring them in, and for the NASCAR segment, they can debate like around the horn style for five minutes <laughs> okay. on NASCAR issues. All right. Well, next show we'll get that set up so they can all both join in, and we'll we'll award them points at the end of the show as to who has the better. Neil versus Motorsport Matt. <laughs> I like it. There we go. <laughs> um, but we appreciate everybody for tuning in this week. If you're over on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Help us out. Check out the hype video that Tyler put together. Uh, I narrated that one. It was fun. It can fun still be in project. use. You know, LSU's got another round. Yeah. Watch it. Get hype, get chills, you know. Exactly. Run um, through a brick wall, maybe. You can head on over to our TikTok to watch all my wonderful whole of the days. I've been working on that golf swing. Get those views up. Uh, but, yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Of course, I think we're going to start doing more live shows. So Monday nights we'll shoot for 8 o'clock over on our YouTube channel. And, as always, if you miss the live show, you can catch the audio on Wednesday mornings when we upload it. Uh, anything else, fellas, before we send it on out? Nope. Just looking All right. forward to well, more college baseball. Yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in. And we got some college baseball coming up this weekend. We'll catch the uh Bayou Bengal Bites released later this week to preview your LSU Super Regional. With that, we hope you all have a wonderful week. <laughs>